This week's parsha is parsha is Chayes Sarot. There is a Chazal uh, that Rashi brings. Yafes yichasan shall avde avay slufnei hamakayim mitayrasan shall banim. That the shmuzin, the sichas, the mundane speech of the avde avays, the servants of our avays, of our avra mitzvot inyakayim. They are greater, they are more chaviv before the Rabbeinu Shalom, they are nicer, more than the Tairasen Shalbanim. And he brings a raya from our parsha. Our parsha we find with Eliezer, when Avram Avinu sends Eliezer to find the Shidduch for his son Yitzchak, we find that there is a whole parsha, the entire, the entire discussion, back and forth, between Avram, Abino, and Eliezer is brought with all the nuances of that discussion. Not only is it brought once, but it's actually brought twice. When Eliezer goes to the Suel and he's describing his mission and how Avram, Abino sent him, he also goes through the entire, again, once again, everything that was spoken about, Ibergechazit, Nochamo, another Conversation, a whole transcript of what took place between Abram and Eliezer. Even though that there are parshias, there are gufe taira that were not given only for Misa. There's whole parshias. You would think if this Misa with Eliezer deserves a half a parsha in the taira, so how much would Shabbos deserve in the taira? Shabbos that there are so many thousands and thousands of alachas you would think that it deserves a whole safer of Chamisha Chamsha Yitayur to talk about Shabbos. But yet we know that all of the halachas of Shabbos are barely even mentioned in the Torah. The Mishnah Chagiga calls this Kaharorin Hatsluyim B'Sairah. It's having great mountains dangling by hair, by a little strand of hair. All the mountains of halachas of Elcha Shabbos are completely dependent on a one pasuk, like Sevaro Eish, and from that we're supposed to learn so much. And all the Lamatas Malachas and the Mishka doesn't mention anything about this. It says don't do work on Shabbos, but in terms of how to define Malacha, and what type of Malacha, and when and where and how, all of it was derived from the slimmest of, Rami, of Ramazim in the Torah. And yet, the Torah wastes no ink in these parashiyas describing the entire sicha of Abde Aves, all of the discussions of Eliezer, Eved Avram. Eliezer was a Knani. He was a, an Eved. And yet the Torah goes out of its way to describe everything in great detail, to teach you how beloved the sicha, the shmuzing of Abde Aves are, more than the Torah of the Banim. It's an amazing Chazal. So if Chazal is telling us this, it behooves us to try to be ma'ayin a little bit into some of this sicha of the Abdeyavis, to darshan a little bit what is going on in terms of this whole parsha with Avram and Eliezer, the debate and the, uh, and the discussions and the shvua, what exactly is this are these psukim teaching us? Now, at the beginning of the shlichas of Eliezer, Eliezer was charged with a mission to go to Haram. I don't want you to take a daughter for a, a girl for Yitzchak from Canaan, where we're living right now. Canaanim are full of people that are undesirable. I want to to find a girl from my mishpacha, from my homeland. So go to Haram, go to my father's house in Haram, you'll find a shidduch there. So Eliezer I guess a little bit out of character, says the following to Avram Avinu. And the Eved says to Avram Avinu, What would happen? What would happen? Let's imagine for a second that she doesn't want to come. I go to your father's house, I go to your base, Av, and I... I, I see a, a girl there that you have in mind for Yitzchak, a perfect shidduch, and she doesn't want to leave home. Not all girls want to, you know, fly across the world to, for a shidduch. 
they're very happy where they are, they'll find a local boy and, and settle there. Let's say she doesn't want to come back with me. What should I do then? It's a funny type of question. And Avram Avino says to, her, to, says to Eliezer, you're not going to take my son back there. Just make sure you understand Yitzchak is not leaving Eretz Yisrael. He's not leaving Eretz Canaan. She has to come here. And he be careful, pen lest you bring my son there. And then he promises, he gives him that the Rabbi Yisham will help you. He will send an angel with you before you to make sure that the Shidduch goes down in the proper fashion. Fine. Now, if we look a little further, if we look a little further in the parsha, as I told you that the whole parsha of what Eliezer and Abram discussed initially by the by when the mission was was charged, it was again repeated later when Eliezer was sitting down negotiating with Besuel to get his daughter Rivka for Yitzchak, and he describes the conversation between him and Abram Avinu, and he says. When Avram Avinu, my master, asked me to go on this mission to find a daughter for his son, I said to him, What would happen? Maybe she's not going to want to come back, which is also like a strange thing that he would tell this to, to Besuel. But anyway, and he says back to me again, he gave me a bracha that I should be matzliach and I should find a daughter from my family in Charon and bring her back to Eretz Canaan. Now, Rashi, in the second time, in the Chazara section of this parasha, when it says, when he's repeating to Besua what was spoken, Rashi wakes up here and says the following. It says over here in the Russian, it's missing a vav. It doesn't say like the first time. It says there, it says, but the second time around it says Eli. And that is coming to teach us, says Rashi, a very important thing. Bas Eliezer. Eliezer had a daughter. So Eliezer was sort of hinting Tavram Avino an ulterior motive. Meaning, he's saying like this, maybe she's not going to want to come back. This Rifko, who knows? Perhaps she's not going to want to come back with me, Teretz Kanan. Then what's going to happen? Should I bring your son back to her? And there was a, an ulterior motive in Eliezer's question. He wasn't just asking Lashem Shemayim just to bavarn what exactly to do in every circumstance. You know, whatever situation comes up, I should know what you want. But rather, he was trying to... It was like wishful thinking on Eliezer's part. Maybe she's not going to want to come back. And then that would be really good for me because I have a beautiful daughter and I'm looking for a shidduch for her. What better shidduch would I be able to find for my daughter than Yitzchak? Yitzchak was a... He was a, a, a tzaddik. He was a gevir. He had alamailas. Maybe my daughter would be a good shidduch for, for Yitzchak. He didn't want to say that to Farish, but he sort of was implying that meaning, and then maybe you know it will be possible for my daughter to have a chance with Yitzchak. And Rashi says that the Kashem the Medrash, Avram, Avram Avinu understood what he meant, and he said to him, Bini Baruch, the my son is blessed. We're Avram, Yitzchak, Yaakov. The pasuk guarantees a bracha by them. The Rebbeinu Shalom was mevarech them. But you, Eliezer, you are cursed. You're from Canaan. Aror Canaan. The ain aror medabek rebaruch. It's not possible. Don't even have any thoughts. Don't even have a havamina that you should be able to maybe do a shidduch with me, that your daughter will marry Yitzchak. It ain't happening. It's not going to happen. Why? Because you are cursed. We are blessed. 
and cursing and blessing do not go hand in hand. It's a toxic mix. They cannot be baruch together with aror. That's what Rashi says. So we have a little bit of an insight into the sicha of the Aveyaves from Chazal Eliezer when he says, He was basically telling Abraham Avinu, listen, I'm really hopeful that it doesn't work out because I have a daughter that I want to marry off to Yitzchak. To which Abraham Avinu says, don't even think about it. It's not happening. My son is blessed, your daughter is cursed, and it's not going to be a good shidduch. Now, Agav, parenthetically, there is a beautiful draw on this pasuk about Ulay Seva Yisha. He says like this. He's going on the Rashi, Ulay Sev. He doesn't like this whole limud that Ulay Sev. What do you mean that it's spelled Chaser Vav? So what if it's spelled Chaser Vav? He's bothered by that, and he gives a new pshat to draw in why Chazal knew. How did Chazal know to, like, to put Eliezer in such a bad light. We always know Eliezer to be an Eved Neman to Avram Avinu. And all of a sudden here we see that he wasn't so perfect. That he had this ability to not even want to do his mission properly so that his own motives will be successful. How did he, how did he ever, uh, how did Chazal know? How did they divine from the Psukim that this was so that he really wanted his Yitzchak for his daughter? So the Gros has a different shot. He says, I don't like this. Eli, Ulai. says so a different art. Not because it's chaser vav, but rather because there's a choice that the Torah always makes between words. You see, in the English language, we have something called a synonym. What's a synonym? A synonym is you have two words that are very close in meaning, almost identical, but with two different words. You know, we know that we're writing a paper or writing a letter or writing a book, we're typing it on the, on the computer. So, you know, you don't always want to use the same word. You want to sometimes impress your teacher a little bit. So you'll click on the thesaurus if you're looking for a more hush of a word. So let's say the word is, uh, rich. Okay? So you click on the, on the thing and it goes to, uh, the thesaurus. And all of a sudden you have a whole selection, a whole menu of different things. So, oh, affluent. Affluent looks like a better word. It's a fancier word to use than rich. So let's go with affluent. Is there a big nafkamina whether or not you're rich or you're affluent? There's no nafkamina. Is there any real, even a nuance of difference in the word? Maybe yes, maybe no. If yeah, yeah, nish, nish. It's not, it's not really a big major deal whether or not rich is exactly affluent. No one's sitting by the computer and saying, if affluent means that he is this, and rich means this, hey, you know, rich, affluent, what's the nafkamina? It's the same thing. When it comes to Lashna Kaidish, Lashna Kaidish is perhaps the only language, or, or, or is the only language in the world, that every single word is different. There are no synonyms in the Torah. There are words that have similar meanings, but each word has a different Shairish. And the Shairish speaks to the root of the word and the truest meaning of the word. And to just, block, you know, just uh, liberally mix up words, that's not what the Torah does. The Torah is deliberate. Every single word has a meaning, and there's a lot to be learned from the choice of words that the Torah selects when it uses what it uses. And the Gros says, by the way, these, what are, anyone, what is it called? These when you have two words that are very similar, but different, slightly different in Lashna Kaidish. We call it synonyms, but the, in, in Lashna Kaidesh or in the vernacular, it's called Shemais Hanir Dafim. Shemais Hanir Dafim means words that are chasing one another. It's like a cute way of describing a synonym. It's two words, they're sort of like always on the run because they're sort of so similar that they're chasing after one another. And the Gra was an expert in these Shemais Hanir Dafim, and there's a whole Chibur, that's written, I have it in my office if anyone wants, I, I made copies last time I spoke about this, I made copies for guys, I have a whole chibur a friend of mine once gave it to me it's like a contrast of all the Shemus Hanadophim that are brought throughout all the Sarm of the Grah and he shows exactly the nuances of difference between two words that really seem very similar but are altogether Shemayim and Aretz so Grah says one of these Shemus Hanadophim is Ulai and Pen 
ulai and pen, you know, seem similar. Ulai means maybe, and pen means maybe. They both mean the same thing. What's the difference between ulai and pen? So the Grah tells us the site like this. Ulai is used when you want something to happen. You know, like, do you think it's going to be a beautiful day out today? Ulai, maybe, meaning I'm hopeful that it will. Do you think it's going to be a thunderstorm today? Pen. Pen is like maybe, but like in a chas v'shalom away. It's like, pen is like, no, 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 I hope it doesn't. I'm not sure, but I really hope it doesn't. That's the difference between Ulai and Pen. And the Gros says, that's why I believe Chazal knew that Eliezer was up to something over here when he said this Lashon of Ulai, not because it's Chaser Vav, as much as, why didn't he use the Lashon of Pen? Why did he not use the Lashon of Pen? Instead of saying, Maybe she won't want to come with me, which is implying, Ooh, I hope that she won't want to come with me. He should have used the Lashon, if he really wanted to be a good heaven, he should have used pen. Ooh, I'm hopeful that she, you know, never, what would happen if this would take place? But he chose to use the Lashon of Ulai. And that Lashon of Ulai is indicative of the fact that he had a scheme. He had something beneath the surface that he really wanted to happen, and that is that she should not come back. I hope, please, please, let her not want to come back, because that way my daughter will be a good candidate for Yitzchak. Avram Avinu knew that he was up to no good when he used the Lashon of Ulai, and he said, no. He says, you are cursed, and I'm blessed, and it's not a good shidduch. Agav, I think that it's very geschmack in the Psukim. I have one hour on this graph. In the Psukim, if you look, right after Eliezer uses this lashon of Ulai Leisayva Yishu Rachas so you know what Avram Avinu says to him? Vayaymer El of Avram, he shamer lecha pen, tashiv esbeni shamer. Be careful, pen. Avram Avinu right away throws a curveball at Eliezer. He says, be careful because, and he uses his Lashon of pen. Meaning what he's saying is, what a chutzpah. How dare you use the Lashon of Ulai? Don't you know that that's not appropriate, that you are cursed and I am blessed? He shamalucha pen. You should have used the word pen because don't even believe that it could ever happen such a thing that uh, my Yitzchak will take your daughter. It's not going to happen, but you should say pen. Rather than using Ula, you should have used the Lashon of Pen. My great-great-grandfather, the Wurzburger he has a nice ha'ara on this rock because he goes through other places and with this Yisait, if this Yisait of the gra is accurate, it has to have the water test. It has to be able to, you know, to, to, to be waterproof. You have to go and make sure that it matches all the Psukim and the Taira. And that's, so every time it says Ulai, it should be a positive. And one of the places that bothered my grandfather was, it says, Ulai Yimusheni Avi, next week's parsha, that when Yitzchak was uh, being fooled by his wife, by Rivka, and by Yaakov Avinu together, they were conspiring to steal the brachas. So Rivka says, Yaakov says to Rivka, What's going to happen? How am I going to just go in there and pretend to be Asaph? Maybe he's going to feel me. Now, Ulai, that's, he should have used the Lashon of Pen. If Pen means I'm afraid if something should happen, so he should have said, what would happen? Pen, Why Ulai? Ulai is a, a positive. Like as if I hope that he feels me. And so my grandfather says that the pshat is that really it was hopeful. Yaakov was such an ish emes, he was such a, a true, honest person that he didn't want to go through the charade with, with his father. He didn't want to fool his father. He didn't want to try to pretend that he was Esau. That wouldn't be emesic. So Ulai Yemusheni Avi, what would happen? Ulai, meaning I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm really praying that maybe my father feels me so that I will be exposed as not being Esau. So that I don't have to trick my father. I shouldn't have to steal the brachas in an unethical fashion. 
And so that's what um, he says to be miyashe that 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 exact uh, that maramakum. There are others there, but just giving you one example. Now, getting back, getting back to uh, to the situation at hand. There's one question that you'll find in all the mafarshim about this Indian that we're talking about today. Every single mafarish, all the Bali Musr, and all the Svarim, you'll see the same Pasha over and over and over again. And the question is, why did Rashi wake up, like I said before, and you probably say, hey, that's a funny Russian that he's using. Why did Rashi only start waking up, perking up over here later in the parasha, and saying that Eliezer really didn't want um, you know, for the mission to succeed because he had a daughter, and Abraham Avinu says to him, you are cursed and I'm blessed. Why did Rashi wait till the Chazarashir in the Torah to tell us that? Why didn't Rashi say right away that by the first Ulai Yemushenyot, Ulai Laisevisha, that Eliezer had an ulterior motive by saying Ulai? That's the question. Everybody deals with this. There's a lot of Musa, there's a lot of different, um, there's a rich an affluent message to be taken from from this, and we don't have time today to discuss all of it, but there is something that I want to share with you, uh, my own chat, and why this might be. Why Rashi only brings this whole chazal later and not right away. Imagine that we were Eliezer. We are Avram Avinu's faithful servant. We spoke about a couple of weeks ago how he was willing to be Meisr Nefesh to save light. He went single-handedly just with Avram Avinu together to capture light. He mamish risked his life for his master. He did everything that he possibly could to be a good Evid. And he really felt that his daughter would be a good candidate for for, for Avram Avinu's son. And yet, when he insinuated, when he alluded to this possible Shidduch with Avram Avinu, Avram Avinu shoots him down. Avram Avinu doesn't even flatter him and say, you know, uh, you know, maybe, you know, like if you get if a shotgun comes to you, you know, what do you do? You say right away, I'm not listening to Shidduchim from you. You're bad, and I'm, I don't, I don't take Shidduchim from bad people. You say, uh, sound, you know, it sounds, uh, sounds interesting. You know, call me back. I'm not right now. I'm busy. Avram Avinu could have been very nice, very diplomatic. He could have said, I'm busy right now. Yitzhak is busy. We'll think about it. Maybe someday, you know, we'll think about it. Why did Avram Avinu have to say to him, you know, you are cursed. I'm blessed. Blessing, cursing. Oh, it's not going to happen. Why did Avram Avinu have to say that? Anyway, but he did say it. And Eliezer had to listen to this. If you were Eliezer, how would you respond? If I was Eliezer, I'll tell you how I would respond. I'd be fuming. Serious. I'm such a good Evet. I do everything right. I'm perfect in every way for everyone. I risked my life. I did everything. And, and he tells me that I'm cursed. He has to give me a patch and from him. It's not enough that he doesn't want to do a shirk and he has to say this thing and I am cursed and you're, a, you're an Evet. You're a cursed Evet and I'm blessed and it's not going to happen. What? How can he say that to me? Don't I deserve better? But yet he said it. Avram Avinu said it. And you know what Eliezer did? Instead of getting bragus, instead of saying, you know what, that's the last time I'm going to be nice to him, I'm never, I'm going to do my job just to keep it, but I'm not going to really do it with all my, you know, with all my kaifas, I'm going to do it halfway. Eliezer didn't do that. Eliezer went on his mission, and you know what the first thing he says when he was asked to introduce himself, who are you? He declares, Vayoymer, Eved Avram Anaychi. When he meets with Besuel and asks, Who are you? He says, I'm the Eved of Avram. I am Avram Avinu's Eved. Proudly. He didn't say, Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a part-time Eved. I'm looking for new work. I'm between jobs right now. You know, if you have something, let me know. You know, I'm a little bit mad. I, no. Eved Avram Anaychi. I am an Eved of Avram Avinu. Do you know why he said it that way? Because he took the Musr. He took what Avram Avinu told him and he understood that it was constructive criticism of, on Avram's part. You know what Avram Avinu was telling his Eved? He was telling him, listen, I love you, Eliezer. You're amazing. 
But you have to know who you are. You have to be makiras mekaymai. You have to know who you are and who you are not. You happen to be an Eved. You are the best Eved that I could ever find. I love you. You're amazing. But you're an Eved. You are a Knani. You are an Eved. That is your fate in life. I have my fate in life. I happen to be Baruch. I have a different mission than you do. It doesn't make us better or worse than one another. We're different. You are, have your, your task in life. I have mine. We could respect each other. We could love each other. But we cannot do a shit up together. But what I'm telling you, I'm telling you to help you. Because I don't want you to go through life with a, a delusion. Fooling yourself into believing that you could do a shit up with me because you have to know that you're an Evid. You have a purpose and your purpose is just so. But don't start dreaming larger than you are, than your defined purpose because then it's not going to be your defined purpose anymore. Then your mission starts getting blurry and that's, we don't want that. You are an Evid. The Rabbi Shalom declared you Arur. That's a curse. But it's your mission. If you do your mission perfectly as you're doing it, and as you'll continue to do it, then you'll have amazing, an amazing future ahead. You and your own mishpacha. But if you're always dreaming of getting out of the abdus, you're looking to free yourself from your matzah abdus, then that's not going to work. That's not what you want. You want to be proud of what you do and do it the best. Understand who you are and define yourself. And then you'll be able to be successful. If you never know who you are, and you're always thinking that, oh, maybe I could do a shit up with Abraham Avinu, maybe I could do this. That's not the way to go in life. You have to know who you are, you have to know what the Rebbe wants from you, and be happy in that role, be proud of it, and do it the best that you can. That's what Abraham Avinu meant, and that's how Eliezer took it. And Eliezer comes and says, Eved Abraham Anoichi, I am proudly the Eved of Abraham, I'm going to be the best Eved that I could possibly be. And that's why Rabbi Sai, when he says the Russian of Ulai Loisaivayishu, when he's chazering over to Bisuel and to Lavan, what he said, the whole conversation with Abraham Avinu, he said, Ulai, you know why it's Chaser Bav? Because, and why Rashi only brings it down over here? Because it's only now that it seems so foolish to Eliezer to even say that. Originally, he thought that he was who knows what. He thought, yeah, I'm an Evan, but I'm really only, you know, but I could be something more than Evan. Maybe I could, you know, have some social mobility here. But my daughter does a shit up with, with Yitzhak, that will, that will be able to catapult me out of my current status. Abraham Avina said, no, no, that's your status and work with it. Do it the best that you can. And he thought about that. And now, in retrospect, looking back on it, now that he was able to hop what Abraham Avina was telling him, now he goes and says, I said something so foolish. I said to him, I said to him, maybe my daughter can do a shidduch with you. Ulai, but it was chaser. It was chaser bab because the chazal were learning from that missing bab that the word now, it rang hollow. Tell Yazza, there was something missing. It was so cheap. Why did I say that? How didn't I know who I was? Why didn't I understand? Clearly that I'm an Evid and he's Baruch and it won't mix. And that's why Dafka Rashi Chazal bring it over here in the second time. Because that's where Eliezer understood his mission and what his mission was not. And when he said it, he might not have realized that that was originally what he... When he said it originally, he might not have realized, you know, that that wasn't Shayach, that it was ridiculous even to think of. But now he does understand that it was ridiculous and he respected that and he embraced it and he made it his mission now to be the best ever that he could be I actually found a very strong source for this from a medrash I didn't see it directly in the medrash but I did see it in the Argadal Yahu from Gedal Shar. the medrash is in Bereshis Rabbah and um, it says like this Eved Maskil. There's a Pasuk somewhere that says, Eved Maskil. A wise servant. A wise slave. So the Medrash says like this, Ze Eliezer. This is Eliezer. Umahu Haskalasai. What made him so wise? Why he, he did so well in the SATs? Like what, what did he do that was so, how do we know that, that he was a wise Eved? 
I already have a curse. I'm a Tanani, the Rebbein Shalom cursed me, the fix is in, that's what I am. Shema Yavai Kushi Echad, a barber Echad Vishtabidi. So I'm a, I'm a cursed Evid, which means that my fate is to be an Evid. So I could be an Evid to anybody. I could have been an Evid to a Kushi. I could have been an Evid to a barber, to a barbarian. It's much better for me. I should be so lucky. I should count my lucky stars that I was Zaychet to be an Evid in this house and not in some strange, crazy place. If I'm going to be an Evid, then I'm an Evid of Avram Avinu. Isn't that the greatest thing in the world? And the Arkadal Yoz says the Vart that we just said before. That the main wisdom that he had is that he was makir mekayma. As Chazal say, "Ezel achacham hamakir es mekam." You want to be wise. A wise man always knows his place. The people that are delusional in life are not wise; they're foolish. People that are always looking around, I want to do this, I want to do that. But are you? Is, is it realistic? You have to understand: is it something that's realistic or is it something that's not? I remember when I was a, when I was. A, when I was a younger person, I had a friend. And this friend was a very nice guy. Very nice, very, very nice guy. But he wasn't always like the most sensible person, to me at least, in the world. Not sensitive, sensible. He wasn't like the smartest guy. And I remember having a conversation with him, and it like blew me away how a person could think. This first, at the back of the time, uh, there was a guy who showed basketball player. His name was Michael Jordan. Today, you know, I'm sure you've heard of him, but then you, you can't understand how big, how big a, a celebrity this man was. He was, uh, he was mamish like a, it was a superhuman, you know, the way he was able to jump and this, he was like, it wasn't shayach, it wasn't shayach to understand the, the godless of this, of this player. Unbelievable. And they made sneakers out of him and a, Gansa Vedizara, a whole industry of Vedizara just based on him. So this friend of mine, who was a little naive, he says to me like this once, we're having, we're just having a conversation one day, he says, everyone's like going crazy over Michael Jordan. He says, says, if I wasn't learning in yeshiva all day, and I had a chance to practice my basketball all day, I could also be Michael Jordan. Now this guy was like 5'2". Alright, so I mean, if he was like, you know, 6'9", and you know, and Taka like an awesome player, so it would still be a foolish thing to say. There's 5'2", he's Yeshiva Shagai, 5'2", he's not like, no one's looking at him, you know, I mean, I don't think, if I had a basketball team, I'd, I would even ask him to be on, on the team, and like, he's already, he has the minus that, you know, that the Chicago Bulls are going to take him as their center, you know, because, but the only reason why they're not calling is because, you know, he's busy learning exercise. That, that's basically like what, what this boy was telling me. I said, I said to him, I, mean, I didn't say, you know, Bizalashim, but I wanted to like take him by the lapel and say, you shaita. Do you really believe this? Is this what you're, is what you're saying really true? Could a human being really be so delusional to believe what, that what you're saying is true? But we're all living in a similar Ayam Adimian. We all don't always understand what our limitations are. Now, I'm not, this is not a schmooze about being down on life. You know that generally I'm very big into, into shooting higher and godless Adam. That's not a spirit to what we're saying here. What I'm saying is, if a person has a certain inability to do certain things, then don't believe that you can do it, because by believing that you can do it, all you're doing is you're taking your eyes off of your game. You have certain talents that you have, that the Rebbe Shalom gave you, and we all have talents that we don't have. I'm not musical at all, but I could do other things pretty well. So if I keep on saying to myself, you know what, I think I'm going to start taking off piano, and I'm going to start, you know, being a concerto, piano, like, it's Mishigas, you're not musical, you don't, you know, you can't wake up at your age and start being a, a concert pianist, you're not going to make it to Carnegie Hall, so just, like, stop dreaming about things that it's not really Nagaya for you, and instead spend your time working on things that you are good at, and improving those things. But people always go through life, and they're looking at other people and saying, you know what, I could have been that, and I should have been that, and I should have done that, Why? Instead of doing that, the biggest, wise, the wisest thing that a person can do is looking in a mirror, saying, you're good at this, that, and the other thing, and you're going to build on that. 
and you're going to make yourself great in what you have. You're going to be Matras Mekaimai. Avram Avinu's Eved. Eliezer was Matras Mekaimai. He was an Eved masculine. When Avram Avinu pointed out to him that your error, that wasn't a slap in the face. It was a mission statement for Eliezer. I'm defining your role for you. Don't think that you can do a shit up with me, not because I'm so awesome, but just because we have different, we have a different template that we have to follow in life. I have a template of Baruch, you have a template of Aror. We could both be wonderful friends, but we can't mix. You have to concentrate on being the best Evid that you could be. I have to concentrate on being Avram Avinu. If I start thinking about being an Evid, I'm not going to be Avram Avinu. If you start thinking about being Avram Avinu, you're not going to be an Evid. It's so important to define your role in life and strive for the best that you could be in your role. That made, Avra, that made Eliezer an Eved masculine, an Eved who was so wise because he had the ability to be Makiris Mekayman. It was a beautiful Misa. One of my, I think it's my favorite Misa. I must have said it literally a hundred times here. But I could say it another hundred easily. The, there's a Misa with um, Naftali Amsterdam. Naftali Amsterdam was one of the three top Talmidim of Rabbisel Salanter. And on Purim, one year on Purim, he was by his rabbis, Masiba, and they were Isaac in the Mitzvah Hayyim. And apparently Rabbi Naftali got a little bit high and he went over to his Rebbe to Rabbi Shal Salanter and he says like this, he's crying and he says, Rebbe, he says, if I would only have the cup of the Shagas Aryeh, if I would have the head of the Shagas Aryeh and I would have the heart of the Yisait B'Sher Shavayda, one of the great, one of the great Musa personalities, he wrote a beautiful Sefer, he had a heart that was as, as big as the world. And if I would have the Rebbe, meaning Rabbi Saul Salant, if I, if, I, if I would have only had your Midas, ooh, I would be so amazing. Then I would be a perfect person. If I would be able to have the head, the brain of the, of the Shagasari, the most brilliant mind of the last few hundred years, if I'd have the heart, the most expansive heart, the sensitive heart of the Yisai B'Shar Shabaydah, and if I'd have the Midas, the sterling, perfect Midas of Rizal Salander, then, could you imagine, then I'd be bionic. I'd be like a superhuman being. I'd be so indestructible spiritually. I'd be perfect in every way. That's my dream on Purim. Give me a bracha that I should be that. And if Rizal Salander tenderly takes his beloved Talmud's head into his hands, and he says, Naftali, no. It says, with your brain, and with your heart, and with your midas, that's how you're going to be Reb Naftali Amsterdam. A person has to work with what he has. A person has to recognize what he does have and what he does not have. Certain people are brilliant. Certain people are sensitive. Certain people are talented. Certain people have a chush to do chesed for the world. Every single person, the Rabbi Yisham, equipped with what he needs, the instruments that he needs to accomplish his custom-tailored mission in life. And when you're running a race, we're taught by all the coaches, by all the urbaters of the world, that when you're running a race, never look to your right and to your left to see where you're holding in the race. Don't do it. This guy's ahead of me. This guy's behind me because that slows you down. All you have to do in your race is just put your blinders on and run straight. And don't stop until you get to the finish line. And then you could start. Then you have the whole day to look at videotapes and see what happened, what went right, what went wrong. But when you're running the race, stop looking around. And that's exactly the side that we're learning here today. We are not running a race against anybody else. And it's very confusing because a lot of times we believe that we are because we're sitting in such close proximity with other people. I'm sitting right next to somebody on my table and they daven so beautifully. And they're shuckling for an hour shmein 
And I'm jealous. I say, why can't I be that way? I don't know, because you maybe have a different temperament than he does. Maybe you're not capable of what of the kavana that he is. Or maybe he's faking. Who knows? We don't know. But stop looking at what everybody's doing. It's not important. You just work on your own davening. Don't do it because he's doing it or he's not doing it. Do it because it's the right thing. And with your kaifas, you will produce a beautiful field to the Rabbi Shalom. Person in Shear, there's always that one guy, the pencil head that knows everything in Shear. He got all the Maramakaimas and every single thing that, he, that your Rebbe asks, he right away answers, and he has Aris and Kashis and Terutzimet. Brilliant! And I'm thinking, I'm, I'm sitting right next to him and I'm like, you know, sinking in my chair, thinking to myself, you know, the blood is rushing to my head. I'm such a dope. I don't have that cup. If I would only have that cup, then my life would be perfect, but I have to break my head on a Tysis, on a Rashba, on a Ritva. I don't, why? Why couldn't I have his brain? You couldn't have his brain because he doesn't have your heart. You have your own things to achieve. And even with your brain, the Rabbi Yishlam wanted you to have that brain so you could work harder. And with your Amelos, you'll have success in learning. But every single person needs to know that he was equipped exactly in the perfect way that the Rabbi Yishlam wanted. And the Rabbi Yishlam had a design you in this way in order to fulfill your specific mission. And no two missions in life are the same. And the trick to life is not to run a race against anybody else, but rather just run a, a race against yourself. Time yourself. See if your davening is getting stronger and better. See if your learning is getting improved. See if your midas are being more refined day by day. But don't worry about anybody else. You could use other people, of course, to spur you to be, to, to be in certain things. There is an element of kinasaifram always at play, and if it's a healthy kinasaifram, that's wonderful. But don't let it get you depressed, don't let it get you down. You have to understand that you were put here with your kalim in order to do your assignment. And if you get that, you'll be happy, and you'll be an evan maskil. You'll be a wise evan to the rabbinu but if you don't get it, you'll spend your whole life chasing after your own tail and you'll never catch it. Because you weren't supposed to be what that person was. You know, so many times people come and I ask them, what are you going to do? What are you majoring in college? Well, I don't know, but all the guys around me, you know, they're all going to law school, so I'm going to do that also. So, okay, do you want to be a lawyer? No, I hate it. So why are you doing it? Because ah, that's what the island's doing. I don't know, that's what the is doing. So basically you're running a race against other people and you're going to spend your whole life being a lawyer. Why? Not because you wanted to. Not because you have a chush for it. Just because it was what my peers pressured me into believing that was good when I was 20 years old. And so when you're 80 years old, you still have to live with that ramification. Instead of figuring out what makes you tick. What do you enjoy? What's going to be good for your career? What are you going to be able to get up in the morning with a geschmack excitement to do instead of dreading every morning getting on the train and going to? A person has to be makiris makaymi. You have to know what your makim is in life. And within that structure, you have to be the best you could be. You can't be lazy. You can't say, ah, you know what, I'm going to be complacent and, you know, I have to be makiris makaymi. I'm, I'm, I'm a dope. No. A person has to be able to use his kalim and to use them to the best of your ability. Like Eliezer did. He was an epic, but that didn't get him down. He's going to be the best ever that he could be. He's going to wow Avraham Avinu. He's going to be so loyal to Avraham Avinu. He's going to look back and say, how did I even have a Havamina to say, without a Bob, he said it, because it's, it rings so hollow. It's so untrue that I could have had a chance of getting Yitzchak. That was a delusion to believe that I could go out of my framework of Evan. Not because I'm a worse person, but just because... This is what the Rebbein Shalom declare that I am. And I have to live with that. And I have to be happy with that. <coughs> it's a very critical yisai that we're learning here today. There are many people in business. Also, they're not happy with what... They're always looking at their competitors. They're always trying to worry about what everyone else is doing. There's a beautiful Misa with Rav Kreisworth. Rav Kreisworth was a, was a um, 
He was the Rav, the Abestin of Antwerp in Belgium. And he was a Gain Oilam. He was Mamish, like the real McCoy. He was, he was a Bucky in Kaladarakula. And what happened was that a person came to Rav Kreiser, the Balabas in Antwerp. And we know that the main industry in, 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 in Antwerp for the Jewish community is diamonds. Unfortunately, lately it hasn't been doing so well. And in India, there, there's major competition and the, the community there is suffering financially. But the main industry there is Steinloch, is, is diamond. And so somebody came to um, Rebbe Kreisworth, one of the Balabatim, and says, Rebbe, says, I'm having a big problem. I need the Rebbe to help me. So, okay, what's the problem? He says, I have a diamond st- store on, on the main strip on the, in the Bursa there in, in Antwerp. And I, I'm not doing so well. But yet I have a competitor, another Yid, across the street from my store, and the customers seem to be flocking to him. And so I asked myself, why is there that difference? And I said to myself, is it because he has better lighting in the store? I have better lighting in the store. I, I, I look at his store all day. I see that my lighting is much better than his lighting. And then I say to myself, well, maybe, you know, I'm, he's friendlier than I am, but I'm a friendly guy also. Are, is the schayra by him better? My schayra is much better. I keep looking through the window and see, I see the shvacha schayra he has, and I have much better schayra, and yet nobody's coming to me. My prices are even better. The coffee that I give the customers are better. Why is it that I'm not getting parnasa and he is? Why is it that everybody's going after his store and nobody's coming into my store? So Kreiser told him, he said, so I'll tell you why. He says, because a person can really only mind one business. You can only really do one thing successfully. He says he is busy all day in his geschäft. He's busy in his business. He's doing, he's working with the diamonds and he's ordering. He's doing, you're minding two businesses. You're minding your store, but you're especially also minding his business. All day long, you keep telling me, you're looking at his store and you're watching him, you're counting his customers, you're smelling his coffee, you're looking at his chayra. Forget about him. Just look at your own chayra. Spend time concentrating on your own business and don't mind other people's business and then you'll be matzliach. And that's such a great muscle for life because we're all so busy looking around at everybody else's geschäft. We're looking at their geschäft when it comes to who they're getting engaged to and what type of graduate school they're going to, what type of business they're getting into, what type of summer job and, and learning and, and camp and everything is always looking and jealousy and envy and wishing, and hoping, when instead of looking at all around, you have to spend time with yourself, and think to yourself, why am I special? What makes me unique? And when you figure that out, then you're going to be, you're going to be able to figure all of the major issues of life out. The type of girl that you marry is going to be very, very easy to figure out, because you know who you are. You're comfortable in your own skin, you're not looking to be somebody that you're not, you're very, very whatever your insides are, that's how you're portraying yourself. You're going to be able to figure out right away what kind of work you're going to do later in life. If you're going to go into chinuch or abanis, you're going to go into, into law, into accounting, into, into engineering, architecture, whatever it is, whatever makes you tick, you have to work with that. You have to figure out what makes me unique. Where do I want to live? Where do I want to send my kids to yeshiva? What type of firm kite do I want? All of these things will be self-understood, but first you have to figure out who you are. Be an evid maskil. And especially this is true when it comes to our Avedis Hashem. Because so many in our dar are not happy with their abdus. They're like Eliezer in the first, the first Madura. The first Eliezer with the Vav. When Eliezer still believed that he could be something else, wasn't happy being an Evid. So we're sometimes, you know, I don't know, there's a big world out there. I'd like to explore greener pastures, and so many of teenagers do that. They experiment outside of the framework of Abdus because they don't want to be an Evid. They think they could be something other than an Evid Hashem. There's a mice with the Imreemes. The Imreemes was the son of the Sasemes. And the Hasidim of the Sasemes, after the Sasemes was nifter, came to his son, the Imre Amis, and said, Rebbe, we have a Shiloh. You know, your father, the Sasemes, 
he promised us something and it's not really panning out. So yeah, what, what did he promise? Promise that if we ever want to have atzlacha in life, we should be mechaven when we say halal to the pasuk of on Hashem. We say on Hashem, then we should be mechaven to what we're saying, and then whatever we want, the Rebbein Shalom will be the Malay all about Mashalas Libenu. And it didn't happen. We want so many things, we need so many things, nothing has happened, nothing's working out for us. Explain what your father meant. So the Imriyamah says, tell me, which on Hashem did you have Kavana by? He says, what do you mean? On Hashem, Hashirna. On Hashem, Hashirna. Isn't that, that's obvious. Please, Hashem, save us. Please, Hashem, give us success. We're having kavana. We're screaming to the Rebbein Shalom by those on Hashem's. Please be matzliach our ways. Nothing's happening. And the Imam smiles and he says, that's not what Tata meant. It's not what my father meant. My father meant a different pasuk in Halal. Ona Hashem ki ani avdecha. Ani avdecha ben amasecha bitachel meisera. Ona Hashem, please Hashem. I am your Ebed. I am your Ebed, the son of a, of a maidservant. Open up my chains. Allow me to succeed in the Avdus. Don't stop ask for Atzlocha and business on Hashem. Ask for Atzlocha and understanding and appreciating that you're an Ebed Hashem. On Hashem, I love being your Ebed. I define my purpose in life as being an Ebed Hashem. If a person could do that, if a person understands, I'm a Yid. I was born to Shem Mitzvah. And I know that there's a big world out there. And I know that there's a lot of Taivas that are so tantalizing. But that's not for me. That's not my life. If I was born a guy, then maybe I could enjoy those things. I have a different mission in life. I was born to be an Ebed Hashem. I'm the luckiest person. I'm Amish, the, the 1.001% of the world population that Shemir Torah Mitzvahs. I am here to be Megalach Vay Malchusay Ba'ilam. That's a mission that I have as an Ebed Hashem, and I am so lucky to be that Ebed. If a person could have that Kavana, then there wouldn't be so many problems that we have. People always think, you know, I wish I could be that, I wish I could do this. But if they'd understand that, like Ebed, like Eliezer, Ebed Avram Anoichi, the I'm an Ebed Hashem and I'm proud of that. That's my mission. I love being that. I'm going to be the best Ebed Hashem I could be. Then our Gansa Veda, the whole thing that we do every single day would be altogether different. Instead of being miserable and upset and frustrated about what we can't do, if we would focus rather on what we can do in the, in the context of being a glorious Ebed to the Rabbi Shalom, then the Simcha Sachayim that we have would be immeasurable, and with this you say, our entire life will be noble and rich and affluent in a good way, understanding that we have a mission, the Rebbe loves us, he gave us certain kaychas, and our job is to nutz eis, as they say in Yiddish, to use, to squeeze out those kaychas in order to produce the person that the